Well, and here's the thing. I think a lot of guys pussyfoot around the red pill, and I'll just be straight up with it. It's like either she's your equal or she's not. And if she's not, you need to fucking act like that. Uh, So for those that don't know, you are you go by it is written on Reddit. And I guess the first question we'll get into is like a little bit of the background. Uh, So like, how did you arrive at your username? So it's actually, I wanted to use It Was Written, which is a Nas album, but it was taken. And then I wanted to use It Is Written, and then that was fucking taken too. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put a one there. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I tried to be cool, but all the cool Nas names were taken. So I had to change the conjugation and that one. Fair enough. Uh, Now, uh, we already have the one show up with you and Vaz. How do you guys know each other in real life? Um. It's funny. I, I had a Vaz and uh, Vaz and I just started exchanging ridiculous stories about the about the women in our lives. And uh, we got along so well that at one point I was like, dude, just come to my house. Like, this is like, why the fuck not? Come on. Um, and then when he was reason. here. Okay. And then when he was here, I was like, let's just sit down and do an hour. Of just let's just do an hour of bullshit. These guys are going to love this. Let's just fucking talk about girls and bullshit and what it means to be a man, but just totally off the cuff. Roger that. I think I think so many guys in real life lack that, and it's really important that you know when you when you think about taking stuff offline, there's only so many guys that you can go to that kind of get it, um, yeah. you know, nowadays, and and that that has to be kind of like your circle of friends support structure, and you know, guys used to have that, and we we really largely don't anymore. I blame the internet. I blame Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is the world's biggest cock block for inventing the iPhone. Yeah, victim mentality. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. So, uh, so also, uh, getting back into the background, so you're uh, how old? You don't have to say if you're not comfortable, but just asking. I'm in the very early side of my 30s. Okay. So you're, okay, like, you're I'd like young. to say that I'm just barely 30. Probably Mentally younger. much younger. Here you go. All right. And you just put we, a number. Yeah, so we, we got a whole slew of questions we kind of pulled from the different uh reddit posts oh yeah and oh my god i have some wacky ones we're ready right. we're ready to go man so uh, first, first of all the... let's let's back up here a second what do you, what do you know about us in the channel oh that's a good point good you know i have to be honest i have watched some of these videos to do like my due diligence but like the the long form interview format is something i'm really getting used to still like if if someone asked me what they do on this channel and they hadn't already read the sidebar, I'd be like, well, there's this there's a lot of shit you need to read first for the kind of general topic to even make sense at all. Mm-hmm. If you've read the red pill and you're like, okay, I understand at least that phase of things, then explaining your channel is much simpler than starting from like, so it's about getting girls. <laughs> so well, yeah, yeah, but not really. Yeah, yes, but, but like no. that's definitely part of it. It's yeah. certainly important. It's 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 everything and it's nothing. But it just depends on what stage of it you're at. Yeah, that's fair. I see it as uh, guidance counseling for guys to get their head straight with dating and relationships. Right now, it it might be tough for a lot of guys to come to this community and, and really understand like what you're talking about mm-hmm. because we they don't have that background information yet. That's one of the reasons I started the channel was to help get this information out there. Uh, Thank you for everybody else behind the scenes that have been helping us out. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, mainly it's to get people up to speed. And even in the uh, the requests from the uh, the viewers, it's like they want more sidebar material. So that's what we're starting to do with the Red Pill University 
the full first like three weeks was all just terms and, and concepts. That's all it was. We haven't even gotten into like the sexual marketplace, how to improve your SMV, how do we even approach? That's all coming up later. So yeah, it, it yeah. seems like you guys are, are laying the nice foundational work, which everyone yeah. else seems to forget about. They're like, no, you, everyone's at the intermediate stage. No, actually, they're not. Yeah, yeah. Go to ask TRP. Just go there for five seconds and just the questions. unbelievable bullshit that yeah. these kids are writing. Yeah. But I love it. I really do. I love these kids. That's why I'm here. I fucking love these kids. I it love is it. good information, but it sucks because they used to be corralled up in their different little niches of like of the internet, mostly on Reddit, mm -hmm. where you had like different insult communities, different MGTOW communities. They're starting to shut them all down and they're all flooding into our, our niche yeah. because they want information. And we're like the only ones who actually have it. Yeah. For good I think or for that bad. Yeah. The ch our channel exists for a couple, you know, real simple reasons. And I think the, the first and foremost is that you said it, man, like there's, there's stuff that should be fundamental concepts mm -hmm. that are not electives that are core curriculum. And I think the, the lecture format, and I'm using air quotes here, it's, you know, we're just talking, we're just preaching, mansplaining, we're mansplaining. <laughs> yeah, guys, mansplain away, bro. yeah, so mansplain away for an hour and a half on what these fundamental concepts are. Uh, I think there's a place for that, for, you know, for people that, you know, aren't really well suited to, I'm going to read a bunch of stuff and then I'm going to go screwed up in my personal life and then I'm going to ask questions online to a bunch of retards that don't get it either, which, you know, to be fair, there's a lot of us retards out there and I don't count myself outside of that. But um, the second piece of it is having guys that have really put this together in their real life in a practical way and what's worked and what's not the swapping notes piece of it. But there's a lot of guys like Joe D like yourself um, that have been around this space for a long time and have a lot of practical wisdom to share. So it's, how does this, you know, how do I tie this into my real life? Mm -hmm. Also, it's pronounced Jody. For those Jody. who are military, you'll get the gist. Oh, yeah. Jody, oh, Jody. I know Jody. Yeah, man. It's I know a military dude or two. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Long story. You hook up with one your dude's girl. wife one time and then the rest is history. Yeah, you yeah. fuck I one know. sheep, dude. I didn't you know she was You build a married. million bridges and you fuck one sheep. <laughs> how do they remember you? Yeah. You're a sheep fucker. Yeah. That's nah, it. Man, speaking, so right speaking of yeah. speaking of sex with sheep, uh, you're going to tell us about your crazy Saturday night. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, dude. Where do I even start? Um, so for people who haven't read any of my posts, I'm just going to start with the most ridiculous part of it. Um, my anchor relationship, I'm in an open long-term relationship or what we call an OLTR with a bisexual girl. And we share a number of women. And um, we got a little tizzy like a day or two ago. So Let's just start 28 hours ago at EST, you know, 9 a.m. Um, we like reasonably make up. She's, you know, we, we like get over the tizzy and then, then I send her home to her fucking uh, place. And then I had to go out and buy all my supplies and my food for this absolute fucking rager I was about to throw at my house. And for you irresponsible people who own houses and don't use them, like really use your house, you really should try it out sometime. Because if I'm counting, and it's like a, it's one of my investment properties and Vaz would know the layout. It's like three bedrooms, two bathrooms. It's got like a screened in pool, big outside. Nice. Not a ton of space inside. I probably had 10 people and their girlfriends slash side bitches. I had my side bitch. I had my girl, Lily, 
who I'll explain how she fits into this whole fucking night in a minute. So we're all here to celebrate my friend Big Ray's birthday. That was the ostensible reason for this gathering. Mm -hmm. And most of my degenerate friends live in a city about an hour south of me. So starting at 9 a.m., my girlfriend leaves. By 11 a.m., I'm probably prepared for this party. And I have not slept a single minute since that time. Not one minute. From, I'd say, 1 p.m. yesterday, all the way through 11 p.m., I threw an absolute rager of a house party for Big Red. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> my Jamaican side bitch brought deep, the definite, like, white privilege is real, and let me just show you this woman that my side bitch brought. It was the most, this bitch was amazingly, amazingly, brutally, like, just if you could distill all the divorcees of the world into one privileged white bitch who does not know when to shut the fuck up and she'll just keep going despite it, despite her very much being the butt of her own joke and not realizing it. I mean, it was the funniest thing I've ever How heard in my goddamn life. How Go is Karen on. doing? This was like, dude, I, I, I have seen some Karens. This was like, if you turn the cartoon character into a cartoon character, that's and you amazing. gave her too much wine and you just let her talk. It was beautiful. God, there were so many moments. Yeah. Just gas her up with white Zinfandel and don't let her go. I love it. it, it yeah. This, her, her poison of choice was sell me on block. And she was like trying to keep it together, it you know, just trying to keep it together. Of course it was. Yeah. And then at one point, like we were all dry because the weather wasn't cooperating and everyone was getting absolutely hammered in inside. And then all of a sudden we were just all in the pool. Like everyone was in the pool and everything was wet all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And it was at this point that the MDMA started to kick in. Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. So let me just pause that there. And let me just tell you that at 11 p.m., a whole nother part of this story starts. But we're going to save that for later. All right. And I wish this weren't as funny because it gets so much funnier. <laughs> But let's try and rein it back into a lesson here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just I had to get that out of my system because I have not slept one minute in 36 hours. And this oh, is just man. getting funnier by the second. Damn. That's awesome. Well, uh, so we <laughs> went ahead. And, if you look over in the uh, the private notes here, we got the uh, the first topic we wanted to cover. Oh, my God. I love this post so much. This yep. post gets people so angry. So women do post. not have a sex drive. So there's a lot of confusion on this. Oh, and God, the TLDR yeah. you put in here was, was really clutch. Okay, It really I'm, makes a lot... Really I'm going to be honest, at first pass, I, I read this and I was like, oh, this seems yeah. counterintuitive to what I've read um, at first pass. Yeah. But then, you know, Joe and I kind of chatted a little bit about it. Joe, you want to you want to clue him in on exactly the part that we hit on? All right. So the theory focuses on inducing and maintaining female sexual attraction. But the applied theory is missing the underlying connective tissue. Women have an attention drive, not a sex drive per se. The attention drive, it's. Women will have sex to get the validation and attention. Uh, it's just, it's this feedback loop that you get. Now, as far as the 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 text that I was reading, and there's a lot there's a lot of truth to this. How did you arrive at that? Like, how did you have that realization? So, I have these working titles for my posts, and I'll send them to people like GLO when I want to do like a trolley post like this. And I'll be like, the working title for this is convince me you're not stupid and can read past this headline. Mm -hmm. That's the working title for this piece. The premise of the piece is 
are you smart enough to get past the fact that this headline is obviously bullshit? But yeah. let me explain to you the nuance behind the bullshit. Um, so the question I was trying to address, which has been plaguing, I would say, like the incel type guys, is how do I get them to stop projecting male sexuality on the women? Mm. Um, because in many cases, like they get wrapped up in this whole like there's Chad and they only want to fuck Chad because they're projecting their horny male sex drive onto women. And that's not how it works at all. Even the sluttiest girl out there doesn't wake up one day and is like, you know what I need to do? I need to fuck a bunch of dudes today because I like to fuck. That is not how women, that's never gone through their brains. That's never gone through their brains in their entire life. I've known a lot of sluts. I love sluts. And they do not wake up. They don't wake up and they're like, I want to fuck some dudes. I can. I wake up and I'm like, I want to fuck some girls. You probably wake up every day and you're like, you know what sounds great? Fucking some women. That is that is how we think about it. That is what mo- the sex is actually the motivation. It's deep down. At one point to us, it was more important than air. And Boz and I actually touched on this. Like at one point in your in your horny teenage life, mm-hmm. like it's as important as air. Oh yeah, yeah. If you actually even look at more, the, the even more level, so if you're not getting it. Well, there's that too. But if you look at then that's that's very true. Uh, you know, you don't value air until you don't have it. Same mm-hmm. thing. But the T levels are a lot about the sex hormones in men and women are wildly different. Uh, oh, yeah. The best way of kind of putting this in a, in a context is like the average uh, women's sex drive. So, you know, you know, quote, you know, quote, unquote, is comparable to like, uh, like a five-year-old boys. It's ridiculously out of whack. So just imagine where you got a horny teenage guy, it's orders of magnitude more than nominal women's sexuality, the arousal levels. So just kind of, Put that in the terms. So if you think mm-hmm. of like how horny a, a woman really would be, the guy's comparison to that is off the damn chart. Just That's just the way it is every day. So it's really hard for women to really understand how horny guys get and how it permeates our day-to-day lives. It's just, it's like, again, it comes down to the sex hormones and men are off the charts compared to women when it goes to that stuff. Anyways, I digress. So- no, no, no. It's, it's, it's not necessarily a digression. It, it's, it underscores a really interesting point, but it goes back to the comparing notes piece. You know, my experience has been um, not, it, not as an exception to this, but a corollary to this is women also have a, you know, I mean, it's all about the hormones, Joe. You hit right on it. Uh, women have a biological imperative. And when that switch flips and they want to actually reproduce, I, there's, it's like no other, right? It's not, it's not for the sex per se, but it's, to, it's a reproduction instinct. Um, you know, that women talk about it amongst themselves, right? The clock is ticking. They, they talk about, you know, I, Hey, I, I went from trying not to have kids to, Oh my God, I, that's all I think about, you know, so-and-so's having a baby. This person's having a baby. Um, I've seen it actually, my wife, it's going on with her right now. Actually, we're trying for a baby, but uh, I'm interested to, to know kind of, how that contextualizes things or how that changes things in terms of, you know, when you're in an OLTR or an LTR or marriage or, or what have you, um, you know, women aren't, aren't out just looking for the sex in and of itself. Right. That's maybe a byproduct, but um, when they're looking to reproduce, when they're looking to make a baby or when they're looking just for the, the validation, right. Of I can actually keep a high value male's attention uh, and get that validation emotionally from a high value male, you know, uh, what, would you draw a distinction there? Is, is there two different approaches or is it kind of the same thing? Okay, so this is a very multifaceted question. So let me try and hit on each side of it. Sure. 
on negative 36 hours of sleep. And I think I got this one, actually. <laughs> I think I got this. So there's three stages that we're talking about is, is what flips the switch, what, what flips the switch for women? How do they behave when they're seeking a mate versus seeking a sex partner? So that's number one, mm-hmm. that dichotomy. Number two is when you're already in it with this girl, regardless of how you feel about whether this is going to be a babies and marriage kind of setup, like how do you maintain that attraction? It was like part number two. Mm-hmm. So the way that the purpose of women don't have a sex drive is to explain that it's always about the sexy attention. It's not about the sex. It's about the sex for you, but it is about feeling sexual. It's about getting sexual attention, the right kind of sexual attention from the right guy. Mm -hmm. And if you can draw that very nuanced line between those two things, you'll really understand that there's two male strategies that we go over exhaustively. You can trade your resources and sometimes your dignity for the privilege of some pussy. That's called beta male strategy. Or you can explore, you can exploit the desire itself for their attention, for sexy attention. And if you can be that latter guy, then that's really what it's all about. Hmm. Doesn't matter if you're in a relationship. Are you giving her sexy attention? Does she like, does she view your attention as this type of quote unquote sexy attention that I'm describing in the post? If yes, you'll maintain the attraction. Yeah, 100%. There's always the, the caveats to that, that they've got to find you attractive in the first place. That's where a lot of guys go wrong when they think being nice in of itself will make women attracted to them. It doesn't work that way. So be nice. Or how's that? Uh, the quote, be attractive. Don't be unattractive. Yeah. That's, behaviors that's, for one guy might work, but those same behaviors for another type of guy will repel the women. So you got to be mindful of that. So this is like what you're talking about with the sexual attention. It has to come from the guy that they find sexually attractive first. Otherwise, it's going to land somebody in, you know, some really hot water if it's uh, like a social circle kind of situation or maybe even work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah the key is from that. the right kind of guy. Exactly. That's what you were saying there. Yeah. 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 That, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, you you did touch on, you drew, or you drew a line between uh, the mate versus their sex partner. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Mm, so you can be giving her sexy attention and she'll give you some pussy. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't mean she's doing it because she wants to put a baby, you to put a baby in her just yet. Those two things are a fully separate dynamic. Are they, are they fully separate or are, is there, is there some correlative conditioning there? Are they conditioned to be able to approach things? I'm, I'm wondering if there's overlap. I see it as like, right. Okay. I see see the the body agenda kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're talking about signaling versus choosing. So from a signaling perspective, they're identical, meaning that she can't tell the difference between the guy she wants to fuck and the guy she wants to breathe with. But from a choosing perspective, then I actually view it as irrelevant genuinely because it's like, are you still that guy? Do you yeah. recognize that it's not about the sex and you don't get the sex because of this? Like, it's not, a, there's no, like, I got sweet dick game, bro. And now she's in love with me. Nobody, that's like yeah. some serious bullshit. You'd have to yeah, be right. so on your own bullshit to believe that. That is not how it works. That's that is you what, projecting your sexuality on her. It does not. It's no a woman crazy has ego ever, trip. It's so that's egoic. Crazy. That's the yeah, crazy so, part. I'm like, bro, this, I mean, 
it just drives me wild the wacky ass theories that these kids come up with and i'm like no that's just you're you talking, projecting your sexuality onto her it you're talking about the out. idea well but women at women superficially like they'll perpetuate it this idea of big dick energy right well yeah but if you rely on a woman to t if you rely on a woman to tell you what makes her attractive you are fucking oh, up man. the 101 no, baby no it goes yeah. back to yeah it goes back to don't listen to what they who say who cares what the fuck they're yeah. saying i think i say that in the middle of the post oh yeah i was like what do women think makes them feel sex sexual i say yeah. who cares ask yeah. 10 of them once a day for a week and get 19,182 different responses <laughs> listen to that advice yeah. and get zero sex yeah bingo <gasps> what was it? I'm so smart. How's the uh, the saying go? You know, everything is about sex, but e except sex, sex is about power. Yeah, that's now, that's actually that there's, that is pithy well, and wonderful and sounds. But good how that screen. relates? My, but my point though is how this relates to this topic is that the power is almost like the attention and validation that our women are going to get. Guys get their rocks off. Women get something else out of it. There's a diametrically, not necessarily a uh, opposite, or it's counterintuitive in a sense that what men get from sex and what women get from sex at the higher level aren't necessarily the same. This is a, really, it's a really great segue into uh, what, an idea that I like to explore actually with you. Um, not Joe, but it is written. Um, yeah, fuck and you, that's Joe. The, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've heard enough of you, Joe. No, um, the idea of you, when you talk about the feedback loop, you are inherently, there's a, there's a, a dimension of that that has to do with power dynamics. And I read, I think it was Rolo, um, I, I read a long time ago that, you know, if you are engaging in a relationship, you are engaging in power dynamics. Even if you think you're not, you're engaging in a power dynamic. Just by nature, there is a power dynamic in a relationship and it relates back to that feedback loop. Um, it's the underpinnings of frame. I think that's what you're trying to talk about, Joe. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? It, it does. And let me ask you this question because I think it will inform a lot of the next part of the discussion, which is, do you view yourself as the dominant one and her the submissive one in all of your male-female interactions? Is that your dynamic? Is that my, are you asking personally in my marriage? Or you, are you how are you rolling with it? Are you yeah. the dominant one and she the submissive one? No, I think cases. it goes back. here for me. It's interesting. So I think that this stuff, I, I hate to throw out the like, it's, it exists on a spectrum thing. But what's interesting is, oh, don't tell me you're on the spectrum. We already have too many of those guys. Yeah, yeah right. So, <laughs> so no, not the autism spectrum, the spectrum. Yeah, of like, yeah, I'm with you. You, know, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, a power bottom versus I'm a, a yeah, yeah. Power. We start drawing right. 900. Then, then we're in yeah. the 56 gender zone of like, Jesus Christ, can we just agree on the basics, please? For me, it goes back to, um, you know, because we are co-parenting, right? We have a kid. So for me, it goes back to uh, what Rolo said about control passes back and forth as necessary in a relationship. And I think the, the key piece is for me, if if a guy is not, and I'm going to generalize before I answer specifically, if a guy's not capable of leadership, then you're shot, right? Like you have no chance, right? right. Women obviously want a guy that's capable of leadership. Um, and And the other dimension of it is, are you keeping your ego in check? Right. Because there's a there's a whole piece of that. That's, you know, if you're if you're just, you know, this this domineering guy and you're going after what you want without making accommodations for anybody else, you're probably rambling. Right. You're probably doing mm -hmm. it. so that that's my take on it. Um, so I guess that's a little bit of a cop out of answering the question directly. So I'll just I'll just go ahead and answer directly. I would say more than 50 percent of the time uh, I'm dominant. And what I mean by that is 
my wife is coming to me for decisions. She's coming to me for answers of what do you think on this? Like she's, she's seeking approval more than I'm seeking her approval. And that's mm-hmm. just the power dynamic. And as long as it's above 50% for me, it seems to work well. Um, it's, it's not that I don't support like her parenting decisions or her career or whatever it is. You know, that's fine. Um, somebody on, I figured it was MRP, uh, married red pill form on Reddit. One of the guys delineated, um, when it comes to your person, personal mission and what you want, you really don't get to, uh, a, you know, below the waterline event where, you know, you're on a boat waterline. If you, if you blow a hole in the ship and it's below the waterline, you're sinking quick, right? If it's above the waterline, you can repair it. You can, you can fix it. So unless there's serious disrespect or boundaries are being encroached upon, it's above the waterline. Like it's annoying. We can fix it. If it's, if it's something that really encroaches on my personal mission, which is leadership, right? If she's going to, if she's going to hold me back from being a leader in my career or being successful in the things I need to do as, as myself personally that I want to do, then, um, then that's going to be a problem. And so because my wife doesn't generally encroach on that stuff, she's very supportive of everything that I want to do in my career. She's very supportive of me as a dad. I don't really feel the need to necessarily uh, create a lot of lines that are you know, below the waterline or, or create a lot of things that are below the waterline and say, mm-hmm. that behavior has got to go. Right. Okay. Um, does that make sense? It's a long answer to your question. No, no, but it, like marriage and, and co-parenting, it's such a complicated topic and like it goes so much further. I'm one of the rare cross-approved submitters. I'm approved on both, by the way. I'm a unicorn, bro. That's it. That's um, why we got you here, man. You're you're smarter than me. It's no, I'm not. That's, that's the funny part. Is no, I'm not actually. I am a oh. massive degenerate, and if you put me in your situation, I would do terrible things. Um, okay. But but I will say that you know I have reasonably found in my current OLTR what I think is a potential candidate for my children. So I've actually sat down and had this conversation with myself, and I've asked other married men who do it or married men who have fucked it up and i said well how did you fuck it up whose fault was it really because let's oh, be yeah. real it's always and you get fault. some very interesting answers and you also learn about some very effective coping mechanisms i think that we love to and a lot of people love to clown on coping mechanisms but actually coping mechanisms are extremely important in relationships because there is an underlying fundamental psychology that underpins your very existence and the sooner you can figure out who that guy is, though you become a lot better at dealing with your shit when it comes to interpersonal relationships. It's interesting so, you, you bring that up. It, it goes back to the ego piece of when you, when you talk about defense mechanisms or buffers, you know, especially for guys that are just starting out on this thing, you have to realize where your ego is helping you and where it's not. That's mm-hmm. a huge piece. What I like to remind people, and usually we're very deep in an acid trip at this point, but I tell them that, and I promise I'm not always this crazy. You're just catching me on a third, like you're catching me on the bender of all benders. Just a massive come down. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. Like I literally have not slept a minute and the, the fucking party I just threw like, oh, anyway, I always remind people when I take them onto these crazy journeys to figure themselves out, I'm like, there actually is an underlying reality and you know, it's there. Like every single time you can create all your, you can create all the fantastical illusions you want about who you are or what kind of relationship you have. There is an underlying reality and you need to get in check with that shit. Hmm. 
there is an actual truth that, and both of you can be sitting there looking at the truth, you and the woman, regardless of how deeply entwined you are in this relationship, but you can both be sitting there looking at it and you know what the truth is. And you're both trying to come up with some bullshit around dealing with the truth. Mm -hmm. And that gets, that destroys most relationships that I am aware of, uh, that you both sitting there nitpicking your way around what you both know is the just manifestly obvious truth is oh, like yeah. the craziest thing that destroys relationships. It, yeah. And not to get too far off this topic, but it, it manifests itself in a relationship and like fighting about the fight, right? Like whatever yes. you're fighting about. It's yes. not about, yep. it's not about, you know, I want to replace the kitchen sink and you don't, or it's not about like, you know, it, this, this particular thing that you spent your money on that I'm upset or how much time you spend on X versus it's not, it's not about that. None of it's about that. It's about the feedback loop and the power dynamic that we just talked about earlier. Yeah, and to be crystal clear, like I go 100% dominant all the time, and but I own that shit. Like it's my job to not get so caught up in my ego because I want to get up on my own shit sometimes. Like, yeah, you know what, bitch? Like, let me tell you what. And I'm like, wait, actually, if I do that, then it's my fault 100%. I started some, I started some bullshit for no reason, and that's childish. And that is really hard to stop yourself from doing because sometimes it's really justified because I love when they do childish stuff and then it all adds up after a certain point. And then we all have that moment where like it stops being cute and you're like, yeah, you know what? It's not fucking cute anymore. Let me tell you about it. But then you, when you jump over that cliff, like that's the ego trap right there. Yep. Yeah. You start a fight about the fight. Mm -hmm. It's almost like when you, failing shit tests they do the little things the little things the little things and then you blow up at them it's like nope that's the wrong approach to it mm -hmm. um the, the, as far as the dominance structure i've kind of naturally settled into the uh, what do you call it the captain and first mate dynamic i really like that because mm -hmm. even when you're delegating authority to them to do certain things you're still the the captain of the ship so even though they might be dominant in in a microcosm realistically not really it's kind of uh, talking about meta power structures. It is. It's almost like a, a good example of this put into a practical perspective. Mm -hmm. Where do you want to eat is the wrong question. The right question is, do you want Italian seafood or Chinese tonight? You're oh, yeah, asking the question. Of, well, the idea is that you're asking questions that you already have pre -approved. It's the magician's choice. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's very you know, egalitarian of you. And I don't yeah. think like that. <laughs> but that's very egalitarian of you. And no, I, that's I, just I, one, I do not mean this in a condescending way. Like this no, is that's actually, just one example. That you, I don't want people no, to it, get lost on the – to miss the forest for the trees. But the idea is that it's just an example of how you can do the shell game of, uh, of, of giving people the illusion of choice. And that is right down to it, the, the structure, the power, the dynamic – Kind of some 48 laws of power type stuff, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I, and here's the thing. I think a lot of guys pussyfoot around the red pill, and I'll just be straight up with mm -hmm. it. It's like – Either she's your equal or she's not. And if she's not, you need to fucking act like that. That's and most like, women won't be your equal because they want men who are better than them to begin with. That's the underpinnings of hypergamy. Mm -hmm. So I get very comfy in that part of the dynamic. And like I'm mm -hmm. fine bossing them around because they like it. But I'm actually very gentle in the – like I keep it fun. Like so many guys are going to hear that and they're like, oh, you're telling me I just need to be a complete psycho to these girls? No. No, that's not fun at all. That just sounds like you're going to fuck her up and yourself. That's I mean, not let's be what honest. I mean. Any, 
any piece of advice you're going to give guys, they're like they're going to find ways to screw it up. So that's that's going to be an element no matter what. But I am interested in your take on like the difference between influence and manipulation, right? It's uh, to your point about it being egalitarian. Like, let's hit on that for a second. How much do you want to dress up the manipulation? Do you want to spin it in a yeah. positive connotation and be a fucking PR? Do you want to get your PR campaign on your manipulation? Call it that other thing. It's still manipulation, and it's fine. We manipulate each other all the time. Correct. And I guess from yeah, from it's a here, loaded here's, term. Here's it's my so question. Loaded. My question is is this: If one is more effective than the other for me getting what I want, does it matter? Right. And you're you're not. I'm not placing a value on it. Right. Like being a super dominant guy. Like if the house is on fire and I scream at my wife, like grab your daughter. We need to get out. Like I don't. I don't care about the tone. I'm not going to dress it up. Like, like we need to get out of the house because it's on fire. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so there, you know, there's, I guess what I'm saying is there's tools in the toolbox. Does it always need to be uh, super dominant? I guess my, for me, what I've found in my experience is it doesn't always need to. There are times for sure, um, but it doesn't always for me. Yeah. And I, I think that your both of your dynamics are very different than mine in the sense that they are a lot more egalitarian. Mine is very anti egalitarian. Um, and it doesn't mean I'm like being a misogynist or I think they can't do anything for themselves. It's actually like I find women who want to be bossed around and I boss oh, yeah. them around and we have a lot of fun doing it that way. And it's a fun game between us. And yeah. that dynamic has been serving me magnificently. It's just like some people are very, uh, they track very, very naturally to the BDSM community with the subdom culture and all that. Oh, and not everybody's, not everybody's into that. Over 5'9", uh, when they're over 5'9", yeah. it really starts to go up. It's just, there's a magical height number with Ooh, those women. It's Ooh. just... That's some wisdom right there. <laughs> I haven't heard of that one. So That's I'm 6'2", and Vaz is the one who convinced me to do this. I was listening to some of his shit one day, and he's like, guys, Uncle Vaz has to tell you something. I don't... You'll come to recognize a submissive woman when you see her, and it will take a lot of practice. Or you just find women that are five, ten, and up. And my God, if the man was not right. So I was on Hinge back when Hinge was fucking cool, like two years ago, when it was real fucking cool. When they redesigned it, and you had to ask interesting questions, and the girls could like you back. It was dope. It was the best one out there. You mean we're not on MySpace anymore? That's uh, that's Dude, Instagram's Instagram's the only dating app out there right now. Let me tell you what, but that's a different topic. Anyway, my point was, I was yep. like, okay, Uncle Boss, I'm just gonna fucking try this out. Five, ten, and up only. And I just started talking to these girls like a daddy. And I was like, holy shit, this is working an unbelievable percentage of the time. Well, That's go back awesome. really quick. When you say you're talking to him like a daddy, be mm -hmm. like, what does that specifically mean? I'm just straight up telling them that I'm going, that I'm going to rule their lives and they're going to be very happy about it. And mm -hmm. we're just going to start the dynamic right off like that. Yeah, okay. If you come to my house, I'm going to fuck you. And I will, mm -hmm. might tie you to something. Like just straight up, just right off the, Get them. I'm not saying like you dive right, like the first message right. is that, but you do a little bit of bullshit and then you're like, so I get the feeling you're the type of girl who likes to be tied up on her knees. Yes or no. Mm -hmm. There are some girls who will just unmatch you, and there are some girls who are like, <laughs> holy shit, does this guy, is this what is I've this been for looking real? for? Is this guy yeah. for real? And then they'll yeah. test the shit out of you. They'll be like, I hear that shit all the time. I'll be like, no, you don't. You're still responding to this. What the? What are you talking about? Yeah, or you don't are hear you it from really, a guy who's Is it just me, it. or are you extremely curious in what the fuck I just said to you right now? Yeah. I have a hypothesis. 
So being a shorter guy, like a lot of women are going to be taller anyways. But here's one of the things I've noticed. And from being back in the day when I was built, I have stuff on Discord about that. The taller women are going to be less likely to encounter men that can manhandle them. Oh, for sure. So the guys that do, that have that dominance that can bring their A game in that sense, is going to give them a dynamic that they may have been lacking in previous encounters or relationships. All women, in my experience, will get exhilarating, get the thrills when a guy can pick them up, twirl them around, uh, stuff like that, toss them, like be physical with them. Mm-hmm. And taller women, you know, the the, the snooze women, they are uh, <laughs> not going to get a lot, yes. you know? Amazonians. Yeah. The, the Amazonians. Yeah, the cultist types. Yeah, yeah bro. I, but I've never had a problem dating women that were taller. No. They might have had it in their not. head, but the first time I pick them up and sling them around, it's it, that mm-hmm. dissipates. Exactly, dude. I got my I'm like one of my boys, my fucking boys. His name's John, and he's from New York, and he's Puerto Rican as fuck, and he's all of five seven, but he's jacked, and he's got that New York game. Like he does not give a fuck, and his Instagram is like super on point. He dresses up to the nines everywhere. I call him my little Instagram body because he's worse than these girls <laughs> on Instagram, and he slays with this shit. Motherfucker is all of five foot seven, nothing, but he's jacked. And he just gives yeah. off that like I don't give a fuck. I got a I got a dick and I know how to use it. And girls go. just love it. They love it so much. So Abundance many girls mentality, chase this man. Outcome independence. Yep. Do not give a fuck attitude. Yeah. Because he does. He's like I'm hot. Come see what this is about. <laughs> Come see what this is about. That's I'm what right, he is, and he yeah, lives write it. Write that down. He lives I'm hot. so hot. I love this man. This I have great friends, yeah. and just I I have, they all are fucking characters. But like, if you're out there and you're thinking that you're, it's over. Dude, it's under. I'm under X Y Z height. And it's over, bro. It is not over. That's a buffer. <laughs> it is not at all over. Well, it's an excuse. You just gotta, you just gotta figure out. You yeah. gotta get on John's level. I'm not saying copy his game, but you gotta get on that level. This is where a lot of guys come to the community because they don't have uh, the inner game. The old, to use a PUA term, they don't have their head straight because it's all neediness and fears and and loss and all this bullshit speaking of how, how did you arrive at this community i never did ask that question earlier it's a good oh my one. god it's been forever i've had like three different accounts this is the first one i actually gave a shit about though mm. well i mean not not necessarily the account but like what led you to the manosphere the red pill community what was like your red pill moment or did you, you know, even like, have one people ask me all the time and i try and fucking pinpoint it i'm like this the history of it is so long and I've been on the internet for so long, even though I'm like one of the younger guys. Um, I was just on the internet at a young age. And like, I remember the fucking, do you guys remember the ladder theory? You remember that shit? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, I just, I've seen yes, these ideas ladder. in so yeah. many different forms and they finally convalesced into the red pill. Mm-hmm. And I went and I read the sidebar and I was like, this is a collection of so much of this shit I've been seeing and all these little pockets. And like someone finally stitched it all together and it's something that's not gay. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like someone finally uh, stitched cool. all that bullshit together. It's like, no, actually, it's not about being Asian. You just need to be a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's that's really, yeah. If we can summarize it, just distill it all right down. They stitched all that shit together. Don't be a wuss. Just stop being such yeah. a fucking pussy. And it is your fault. Yeah. Yep. Like, don't be yourself. That guy's a fag. Like, try harder. <laughs> Uh, just be yourself is great advice for like 5% of the population and they don't need it. Right. The guys that don't need it, that are already. If you yeah, tell me to just me- be myself, I'll be like, shit, yeah, yeah, that's great advice. More yeah. people should try this. Rob this is Gronkowski. Awesome. 
Rob Gronkowski can be himself other than that. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, yeah. even not. Have you seen him before he got all big? Like back <laughs> in the day, he was just like a lanky, dorky looking guy. Amazing. But now because he's got status, but then he hit the gym. Before he Amazing was like muscular, right, he, he fuck fuck like a girl. lanky, dorky guy. He could fuck my girl probably if he really yeah. wanted to. Yeah. I don't care. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see here. There's, there's no better evidence <laughs> of hypergamy than the, the – you got to laugh about it. Like, list. Yeah. Yeah, these dudes just go out and they do great things. And you know what? I see that mountain. I'm like, fuck yeah, man. That's good. That's good for you. That that keeps me humble. Let's mm-hmm. fucking do things. Right. So speaking of humble, we're gonna kind of steer this back to the, uh, the the topic really just really quick. Um, yeah. So you wrote about. Uh, I, I love the thread. It's all about Patrice. Oh yes. And uh, oh, so if your girlfriend, yeah, if your girlfriend left, what would you miss? And with you having the open LTR. Um, you've got girls on the side. You could always, you know, promote to uh, out of plate status and to be your your prime. How so, would you like? How did you arrive at that kind of conversation and that that realization? Like, wow, having options is empowering. Uh, if this girl that I'm with right now went away, you could very easily replace her. So how how do you how do you one prioritize or how did you arrive at the prioritization that women are only going to be number four in your life? And do they understand that that's where they are always going to be at? For those that don't know, I can throw the link up down below. But the uh, the placement goes, you know, this is actually straight from Patrice. The number one person in your life is going to be you. Number two is going to be your career because if you don't have a career, you don't eat. Mm-hmm. Three is going to be, you know, your family, your mother. Four, that's where she falls, the girlfriend or the open LTR. So that's the plates all fall somewhere from four or below. She might be battling for that spot with your fish. That was the important part of that joke. Maybe depending on how much of a bitch she's being, it might be between her and the fish right now. In but fairness, fish is, are, four, <laughs> fish is a really inexpensive to keep. She's in somewhere fairness. in the zip code of fourth. That's cr- that's crazy funny. So Bro, how would you so do they? So they know that they're competing, but do they? But do you ever verbalize this in a sense? Of course, and it's like, mm. how do how did I get OLTR into this situation? The answer is simple. She knew she was competing and she was the type of girl who stepped up to the plate and was like, I dropped all my other bitches and I'll wait. I will wait for you. That's extremely positive sign. Number one, these are the tells you should be looking for when you see people trying to get themselves upgraded. I dropped all those other motherfuckers and I'll wait for you. That's good behavior. That's very good behavior. That is the type of shit you want to see. That is the type of girl who will make you very happy if you let her. Yeah. For a they're, while. They're saying, they're saying I only want attention from you. Mm-hmm. Straight up and proving it. Mm-hmm. Like she was a, she's extremely, just obviously very extremely hot. Like she's the type of girl who I go out with. And like, I had this, I have these moments. I'll be walking down the street. We'll be dressed up looking good. And some dude at a table of dudes will look at her. And they'll be like, yo, and then they'll all turn around and I'll have to go eyes on your own paper, boys. And then we all share a fucking laugh about it because they know how hot she is. And that she, yeah. they, she's just with me. And it's like, you see that, bros? I there see you. Go. You see me seeing you. But like that girl, you're not that you're not that girl's only dude for when you meet her. You're not you're not that only dude. You are not that dude. You are not that fucking dude when you meet her. I would argue even even the most like pretend and this is not the case, but pretend I'm the most dominant alpha out there. If you're in a relationship and you don't think that there's some other guy that can, you know, that can turn heads, if you know, it, it goes back to the the maxim of 
you know, she's not yours. It's just your turn. Right. That's, you always got to have that ego check, but I love that mindset of like eyes on your own paper boys. I'm, I'm writing that down. That's I stole that from uncle Vaz. I stole that line and it came to me when I was with OLTR and I told him about it later. I was like, I come up with funny shit like that, but at the moment I had been thinking about one of the, like, I was trying to write a new post and I was like, this, this is going to fucking happen. I was like, I just knew in my head that this, I was like, this bitch is so hot. This is going to happen to me at some point. And then it did like a day later. And I said, I said his line. It's a great That's amazing. line. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. But yeah, so, so the, the part that Patrice was really trying to get at is what you're programmed to think is the correct quote unquote, correct treatment of women just kills their attraction to us. Yep. Like it, it just kills it. Like when you are subconsciously pedestalizing the pussy and thinking about terms of good and bad, you were mm-hmm. fucking it up right then and there. That's yep. the thing is the, the Disney stuff, the social conditioning, it's so, it's so counterintuitive. It just is. It's not, you know, it's not that women are bad, blah, blah, blah. Let's be angry at them. It's that I, there's so many guys that fall into this trap, the MGTOW stuff of like, up, oh, not going to do it, not going to deal with them. And what I want to say to these guys is like, dude, it's, it's, it's simple. What you're being told is counterintuitive. Just change your thinking. Women aren't going to change, change the way you think about it. That'll, you know, you can't change the problem, change how you think about the problem. That's the stoicism piece. Yeah. Yeah, And then right after this, Patrice gets into a really part, important, important part of the bit where he drops the fish line. And he literally said this to his girlfriend Mm -hmm. Uh, and she flips out, like she flips out on his ass. And she she doubles down and she goes into, I put you ahead of everything, family, career, everything. And you know what his response was? Oh, wow. Thanks. And then he goes, all right, boys, let's break into what happened there. Never love anyone more than yourself. Mm-hmm. In this moment, a.k.a. right now, she really does think she loves you, which is why you have to add the phrase right now to everything she says. And right she now. totally believes that until she doesn't. They have to be more emotionally invested in you in the relationship, period. So there's two things I want to talk about right here. One was they love you right now. Also, it's the, uh, what's the, uh, if a woman won't do something, I don't do anal with you. I don't give blowjobs with you. Mm -hmm. It's, these are little diagnostics you can use to kind of retrain your brain to realize where you fall in the pecking order. Wait till Dwayne Johnson shows up. That rule goes out the window. Yeah. Obviously, this video is not going to get monetized. (laughs) But you also got to be, there's a trap. And actually, this is one of the things that I violently disagree with Rolo on, is that a lot of dudes read Saving the Best and they think they have to fuck their girl in the ass or they're now officially a bitch. And it's like, no, actually, that's just actually an ego validation trap that you've now formed. It used to be you had an ego validation trap around her pussy, and now you've made one on her asshole. And now you're at a whole nother level of validation trap. Do me a favor, play that first sentence back for me a little bit slower, because I didn't catch it the first time. Okay, so a lot of these guys, there's a big ego validation trap in the whole saving the best thing because a lot of guys read that and they're like, if I'm not fucking her in the, like their literal conclusion is if I'm not fucking her in the ass, I must be beta. So until I get her to give up that ass, Uh, I'm a beta. And they take that ego validation trap that that was currently ensconced on her pussy and they just put it on her asshole and they think that that's solving the problem. Yeah. Like, no, the fundamental problem is that you get this massive ego validation about what type of pushy she's giving you and how often she's giving it to you. That is the problem. It doesn't matter which hole it is. Let's now, clarify even further. It doesn't well, even I, I matter about her. You're, well, getting that. Va- you're getting validation yeah. from something 
outside of yourself. And that's the problem. Yeah. Just because it's like, problem. okay, yeah. congrats. You took the pussy yeah. off a pedestal and you put an asshole up there instead. <laughs> you still have the exact same problem. Yeah. So you still have to advocate on the psychological, the exact same psychological manifestation still haunts you. So it just a, comes in a different hole now. Right. The corollary to this, it, which I said is the, you know, playing devil's advocate is when women will do things for other men previously. And then they, they say no when the new guy comes along. And a lot of guys that are in this community, they may not, they might be insecure, needing this, blah, blah, blah. So when they're I've getting denied this. to do things with a woman who previously gave it away for free, for example, with other guys and are now making these new guys work for it or saying no to certain types of sex acts, but they did it with other women or other guys. Good example is threesomes. Maybe the girl you're with, she had threesomes with you know her ex-boyfriend and other girls. But now when she's with you, it's just you and her, no other girls. So in a sense, it's like, yeah, you're, you're, you're missing out. You're being denied stuff that she did for other guys. So I can see where Rolo was going with that. I get it. But like yeah. my conclusion is way simpler than all that bullshit. It's like, well, lay it on us. Just be that fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> like all just right. be, and if she doesn't want to do it, then she doesn't want to do it. Find a different girl. Don't worry about Chad. Become Chad. Yeah. That's like your, why, why not just be the, why not just be the guy who gets that? Yeah. If that's, that's really what right. you want, if that's yep. really what you want and it's what matters to you, you can actually drop the whole, like, we're not putting a new validation hole over threesomes. Like, maybe you just want to do that because you want to live that life experience. Yeah. Go find a, like, if the girl you're with isn't going to do it, and we're about to veer into the very amoral side of TRP when we get into oh, yeah. Teresa's next section, but yeah. this will make a good segue. Um, if she won't do it for you, if she really won't do it for you, then find a bitch who will. Mm-hmm. I like like that. Just, it, it comes down like to whatever just, your goals and needs are. If you're not, how fucking that, important is on. this thing to you? Like, would you just yeah. nuke this girl and be like, yeah, actually, I, if I'm not fucking two bitches at the same time, that's what I'm about right now. I need to yeah. see if I can do this, boys. I've yeah. seen dudes. I'd be like, yeah, go wreck that relationship. Cheat on this bit. Like, go for it, bitch. Yeah. And then guess what? How are you going to feel afterward? You'll know uh, whether you're about that life or not. You will, you exactly, you, you will. will. Are you that guy? Is that life yeah. even appealing to you? Like, honestly, I tell guys, like, go out and try and do it. Like, see what that's like. I've been there many times. I will tell you, it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. It is really not for everybody. It sounds Spinning plates so are the same way, man. It's a, it's a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy and focus to really do it well. Some things are and only not knowable. Cut out for that. Some things are only knowable in hindsight. And that's uh, what one of the favorite articles yeah. that I, I read in, in preparing for this interview is the one where you were like, guys, I'm going to answer every question you ever had of all time. And 33% of the time, it's just fucking do it. Yeah. Like and just, you'll, you'll learn fucking, the lesson for yourself. Like 90, 90% of the time, it's like, this would not be a problem if you're maintaining multiple sexual relationships with multiple women. Next. That's like 90% of them. And then, yeah, the other, I don't know. I break it down to these funny percentages. I was having a fucking ball that day. Um, yeah, it just, it's spinning plates. I've said this before on the other show where it divests your attention. So you don't ever get one itis and focus on one person too much. That's a big benefit right there. Yeah. And here's the thing is that like, since you guys are taking men, I'm curious on your take on this because where, where Patrice goes next into this, which is like one of the most important parts of the whole thing, in my opinion, is like, if you don't talk to bitches, you lose the ability to talk to bitches. Absolutely. Yes. Dude. And this is in this is isn't Rolo. This isn't fucking everything. We tell them not to be a kept man. And it doesn't mean never be in a long-term relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, never get a girlfriend. It just means don't surrender your balls. 
Yeah. Like she has to know that you can get more girls. She <laughs> has to know. Let me yeah, we, we've tell about you, this uh, you tell your story. That was a good one you had the other night. Uh, oh yeah. About uh, my wife's birthday, uh, my yeah. wife's birthday of all things. Like we invite all of her friends that, are, you know, we have a lot of mutual friends who so invite them out to the bar. Uh, and I, you know, I tend to be very outgoing, you know, talk a lot. Uh, it's, you know, it's surprise, surprise. Um, but just, you know, super gregarious in those type of situations. And it just so happened that like my wife and I had not been out to a bar. I'm talking about maybe in like a year, you know, cause we have a small, small child. So, you know, child care is a thing. So anyway, we go out for a birthday and I'm like, oh, this is what it feels like to be out. Let's talk to some people. Let's have a good time. You know, bartender comes over, you know, young kind of like French Moroccan, uh, early twenties girl. And what happens when How everybody gets there? Hold on, stop. How are the tits? uh like like small b you know what was exciting about her there had to be something exciting about uh her. well her her accent was super exciting smile oh, was yeah. great just really like nice person to get to talk to and and uh you know super low stakes right and, but to joe's point like she's hired help right she's hired you know to to bring oh you can in. weapanize that just fine no 100 percent. so no, here's what all right, it, let me hear the rest part of it here's what ended up happening for. right everybody gets there and you know i i I say, guys, you know, whatever you want, first round of drinks is on me. It's the wife's birthday. We're going to do a toast. And so I'm, you know, running this, this bartender back and forth, getting all kinds of stuff for everybody. What do you want? What do you want? So I'm telling her what she needs to do. Like, I'm just a field quarterback in this whole, this whole engagement for everybody. Um, everybody's got our drinks. We're doing a toast. Da, 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 da. So toward the end of the night, um, you know, of course, I'm, I'm, you know, talking to her about, uh, you know, where she's from. I like your accent, that type of thing. Tell me where you're from. Tell me your name. And she told me your name and I couldn't quite hear it. It was a little bit, uh, it was a little bit loud in there. And I said, and so I just made it into a running joke the whole night. And I was like, wait, t actually tell me your name again. I don't want to forget. Like, tell me your name. Like one more time. I love the way you say that type of thing. It's just stupid stuff that you. Yeah, you, you got to come up with that stupid shit. That's, that's called stupid, story, but, like, that stupid but, shit is, that's what it's all about, that dynamic. But it was an in-joke, right? It was, it was an exactly. in-joke by the end of it. And so uh, by the end of the night, like we're cashing out, I walk around the bar and I said, uh, I, I, was, I said, uh, hey, thanks so much for, for taking care of uh, my wife and her friends and I, and I gave her a hug and then I, I peaced out, right? That was the end of the, the uh, interaction. And so next morning, my wife and I, over a cup of coffee, she's going, oh, you had, you know, we had a good time last night, da, da, da. really enjoyed it. You know, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed your birthday, honey. And she goes, Oh, by the way, did you know the bartender? I said, no, I didn't know. I didn't know the bartender. And she, she goes, yeah, because you gave her a hug before you left. And I said, I was hugging everybody last night. Like, what does that mean? And and she just laughed, and and that was it. But oh, bro, wrong answer. You should have been like, yeah. <laughs> and then just wait, just hung her out to dry. Sure. I love jealousy. Jealousy is sure. amazing. Sure, you, sure. Jealousy could... is the most beautiful female emotion. It's, I could have pressed the dread button there. You're oh, right, bro. It's just, right. but just, just for a little bit of funsies, like yeah. not even in you, a sadistic way. Yeah. They well, love got, it. They I've love got other it. stories for that. And I agree with you. What about that? What about the uh, waitress? Yeah. yeah. Well, when you gave a yeah. hug to, yeah, I was thinking mm -hmm. about going back here tonight. Yeah. yeah I, that's exactly <laughs> right. I might. Yeah. I might. Yeah. That's exactly right. Oh, yeah, you can got... say that and you can mean it. They will laugh and be like, holy shit. If I, if I don't keep acting right, he might go fuck that waitress. It's the plausible deniability and the un unspoken kind of dread and, and all the subtext that goes along with that is you That's cannot it. put a dollar amount on how valuable that is. No, it's one thing. And, a lot of the guys that are new to the community just don't, they can't grok it. It's outside their reality. They don't see it. 
So this is where a lot of guys, they go overboard. And I hate that because it really just, it blows things up. Anyways, I digress. Well, you're good. The, uh, actually, can we take a time out? I'm at like 1% of my battery. So I'm gonna have to go plug this bad boy in. All right, you uh, go do that. I will bring you back in. Um, I just had a quick question about perishable skills. Yeah. Right, I will pull you off of the stream and bring you back in when you're ready. Um, so going to, uh, if you don't talk to bitches, you lose the ability to talk to bitches. And I've been saying this for, for over a decade now, social skills are perishable skills. And you see a lot of guys, like I was just talking about, they'll get into a relationship. They, they get locked down. They were faking in a lot of cases, you know, especially the new guys, six months go by the relationship falls apart and then they're right back to square one. Because again, they weren't going out there. Three and a half years go by and they hated the last two of it. And it's like, all right, motherfucker, you are so deep on the other side of this thing. And that's why I'm going to do this too. That's how I got, that's how I arrived at the community was I got married, had a kid that fell out. And then I was like, well, what the fuck do I do? How do I learn how to be social again and break the ice with women? And Google search later, let me this community. And this is before this all stuff existed. It was more uh, PUA stuff, which wasn't really what I wanted. But it did have some uh, some actionable stuff that you can take away and apply to your social skills. So, but you were saying didn't want to cut you off there. No, 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 it's all good. Um, it's more complicated. It's like get into whatever exclusivity arrangement floats your boat. If you want total committed monogamy out of a woman, you generally have to offer her the same. That's most girls. There's plenty of girls who will let you play my fucking games with her, and it's more than you think. But like most girls, yeah, like you gotta offer that up. You should absolutely be flirting with other women. You should absolutely have other women out there interested in you that you have no intention to act upon. But like you should be out there flirting with those women because that skill goes away. Now, how uh, how much would you do this overtly in front of your LTR? Because there's there's a different uh, takes on how you would go about this. Some say you shouldn't and you should just maintain plausibility. Uh, again, with the subtext that you could, if you wanted to, the others, the other camp is that, you know, you do it in person in face and let her see it. Um, I hate giving giving guys permission to use active dread because it's one of the first ways that they fuck this whole thing up horribly is they have a wet paper bag of a frame and they try and do some active dread shit. Like, boys, let's get one thing straight. If you're not fucking cool, don't go start hitting on waitresses because you're not fucking cool. Oh, God, I just, I hate, I hate getting into the autistic analysis of dread because it's like, I need to know where each individual guy is at to calibrate him to dread. It's the most complicated subject. That's fair. It should all be passive until you understand when it needs to be active. And by the time you can articulate that to me, you don't need my advice. So how would you use dread? Like, is it something you would consciously try to invoke or is it just your nature, your lifestyle? It all kind of has it bubbling under the surface already for you. When I do it, it's passive, but my behaviors, if you mimic them would seem incredibly active to other guys because I was that guy the whole time. And if you start trying to be that guy who literally will ask girls for their number when he's out with his girlfriend and she thinks it's hot, then you're probably not in that type of dynamic. Okay. It comes down to the frame and and, uh, 
how the relationship is, is, is structured in a sense. You are who you are. You've been that way from the start. Uh, guys that try to change things up, you get that crab bucket mentality where it's easier to build new relationships, new social alignments when you've already got your frame squared away than it is to try and repair or elevate other relationships. So if you're not in an open LTR or if you're not uh, poly from the start and you want to try and open up a relationship, it's going to almost always fall apart. You yeah, have like to have been open from the start. Yeah. Like, what are you doing at that point? I mean, yeah. if you're doing it because you completely detached yourself from the situation and you're now having a pretty sadistic play at it, then dope. Otherwise, like, what the fuck are you doing? And honestly, I don't recommend that first part much either. Like most of you are not neurotypically capable of that shit. You should not be doing that. You have to be a maniac. You have to be a maniac to go out and do this shit. Like guys, it's not cool. Yeah. Well, a lot of it, it there's a lot of overlap with what we're talking about with uh, dark triad personality traits. Yeah. There's Let's a lot of it. too deep into that one. Well, now would be a good time to talk about your party. <laughs> And Mike's back. There he is. What up? Just in time. We're going to talk about the party. Mm. We, we kind of segued right, into the uh, the dark triad elements of what we're talking about with open LTRs and the dominance, the frame. All of these things kind of all congeal together to form a, a framework of, well, frame. In order to do this, you have to have some elements of dark triad personality traits to really, to really bring it all home. But okay, so it sounds so like, like uh, with it is written, your party was was off the chain. You guys all ended up in the pool. All right, what so we're all next? in the pool. We're all in the pool. The MDMA is starting to hit, and my side bitch is getting really cozy next to me. And keep in mind, my main girl is not there, and side bitch is now trying to make some fucking moves on me. Mm. She's talking about how we need to go on a vacation together to Africa and shit. Oh, and shit. I'm like, bitch, what are you talking about? And this was actually a really funny part of the dynamic because. This is just another test. She's still trying to bitch me out to this day. Mm. Like, I remember the point at which I got her because I told her straight up what was up. I was like, I have a main girl. You have to be the side girl. You have to be okay with that. And I actually am going to be a shitload of fun. And quite frankly, with everything that's going on in her particular situation at the time, you need some fun. Mm -hmm. You need some uncommitted fun. And let's roll with that dynamic and stop asking so many questions and start having fun. And I actually very much broke her out of a long-term kind of like, she's kind of like, you know, women, some women get on their sex camel streaks where like they don't fuck anybody for a while. And they're like, yeah, I actually just don't fuck anymore. And then somebody like wakes them up again. I woke this bitch up again. And I just immediately got her into this place of like, you're my side bitch. You will hang out with my girlfriend sometimes. I've learned that there's a very interesting thing called, have, do you guys know what spaghetti bisexual is? Yes. No, please, for me and for everybody else who doesn't. <laughs> spaghetti bisexual is women <laughs> who are straight until you get them wet enough. Oh, okay. Which, and, and like I call my side bitch princess, and the princess is a spaghetti pie where it's like, she let a girl play with her when she's already totally horny, but like she's really not bi. Yeah. Yeah. Most women are, believe it or not, are actually very, what you're, what you're describing applies to like the large majority of women. Research all will let you do it every once in a while. They're like, most of them will let you do it every once in a while. 
Yeah. Women really are will. wildly more, uh, their sexuality is wildly more fluid than men's is. Well, just and I just tell them, I was like, I don't blame you. Women are really hot. Yeah. Who doesn't yeah, like titties? I was like, we completely agree on this. It makes just, a lot of sense. Uh, and that's actually how I actually start this conversation a lot of times with girls is I make a joke out of it. I was like, hey, you want to know something funny? When a really hot girl walks down the street, you look and I look. When a really hot guy walks down the street, maybe just you look, but like yeah. maybe one or two of you. But when that bitch walks down the street, oh my God, we all look at her, don't we? That's a really fun way to segue into, have, so have you fucked girls before? It's best to just ask them straight up like that too, by the way. Anyway, we're getting off topic. I love the polarization of your game. Uh, it's, Mark Mason, I, would, would you and him would oh, yeah. get along fine, uh, very, very well. Like, all I can tell you is, is I really do, and that's, that's an important point. That's a good teaching point. Let me stop on that. What I do is extreme polarization. Yep. I want to get you into holy shit this guy's terrifying and i'm freaked out or this is unbelievably interesting i'm slightly afraid and extremely interested mm -hmm. but it's also the feminine and masculine polarization as well as oh yeah you you hit on it earlier where you said i'm going to talk to them like i'm their daddy right mm. and this is what's going to happen yeah and, and the thing is is also like a lot of girls laugh at me when I do that and that's okay because it just didn't work or maybe they weren't feeling it that day. Like I don't stop and ask myself all these questions. Mm -hmm. I just try and do it to somebody else. And the, the hit rate is high enough where like, I'm confident this is a fucking dope strategy. Mm -hmm. But right. uh, you know, it took a lot of confidence building and like not getting afraid, like stop to like the getting to the point of not being afraid at of being laughed at when you try and go cold approach a girl, that's how you get really good at cold approach. Yep. And like what? Uh, if you can turn 10% of your cold approaches into a date and a lay, oh, you're like shit. cold approach Jesus. Like that's the yeah. craziest rate I've 10 ever 10% is pretty high. Like you're fishing. Yeah. You are fishing with a net. Yeah, we think of like in baseball terms, what's a good average? 300, you're going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So with, with game, if you're converting 10%, that's phenomenal. You that's approach 10 women phenomenal. a day, you're getting at least one. You know, so yeah. It's, yeah, and you'll get better at like obviously a lot of guys like you go from reading about IOIs and you're like some of these young guys are like oh holy shit and then they sit around waiting for one it's like no 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 that's not how this works you go chase them yep. stick to the being the chaser strategy first don't sit a around very you're not simple. that hot. you're not attractive enough for that yet yeah, yeah. we're gonna get into that in the in the course the RPU uh, series but. The very fact of you chasing, well, in a lot of cases, itself uh, trigger IOIs. Mm -hmm. All you got to do is smile at them. In a lot of cases, you're going to get a smile back. That's an IOI. That's an approach invitation. Yeah, that's come to talk to me. Like, exactly. Unless she's like, oh, who the fuck are you? Like, she wants yeah. you to try. And it depends on, it, that's the thing, too, is a lot of women want you to succeed. Like, please they don't do. be a loser. Please these don't be a loser. step on their own dick after, like, yeah. so many times. Some of these girls pitch these dudes layups. And I yeah, watch man. them fuck it up. And I'm like, bro. She wanted, she was rooting for you, and you just did not yep. do that well. Grant, I this love assumes that. that their presentation is on point, at least up to snuff. If you're and below, I mean, but like, look, if you yeah. fucking dress decent and you don't look like shit and you hit the gym a little, like, that's enough to at least get to high. Like, these dudes start going out and brute forcing cold approach when they look like shit and have their weird autistic mannerisms, and they're like, yeah. bro, I cold approach a thousand women, and I finally got one. It's like, whoa, whoa, wow. whoa, you are. Fucking up 
There is something fundamentally. You do not just go out there and start doing your crazy shit. You're you're out there just being yourself, and you need to work on that guy yeah. first, bro. Yeah, yeah. It goes back to what you said earlier. Don't be yourself. Just yeah. like you, you, you went, you went straight. And I love these guys who, like, all of a sudden they discover this completely irrational confidence. And I'm like, that's so good. But you skip so much stuff. Yeah, I love it, but there's an order of operations like, to this stuff. That's, you actually did the hardest part. You like believe in yourself, but you also have to not look like shit. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm dealing with I'm like I've started to spend more time on Skype, which is some of the ones who convinced me to do it. <laughs> and, uh, when you break it down, it's just yeah. like it's a lot simpler. Yeah. Uh, so the MDMA was hitting. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. So at this point, um, all 12 of my boys, like we, the girls are kind of outside gossiping about some shit. My boys are on the inside. We're playing two games of beer pong. We're getting fucking rowdy as shit. They found some Nerf guns. I didn't even know I have. Nerf guns are popping off. We are being as loud as 12 large men can physically be loud in my house. And I'm like, okay, this needed to happen. I'm going to let this happen. I go out, I check on the girls, be a good host. Hey, what's going on? I hate that bitch, Kathy, too. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) And then you got to just go back and be part of the chaos again. Good parties are all about just chaos. Controlled chaos. Yeah, but like chaotic energy. Yes. Like everyone was in, when the party started, everyone was like, where's your girlfriend? And I'm like, she's not here. And then my side bitch shows up and they're like, Who's this? And but half of them know who my side bitch is, and they're like, "Oh, that's his side bitch." They're like, "What?" And then you can explain the whole dynamic to them. This but then people good. just get that's wasted, and they're like, "Yeah, that's fucking dope." You know what? I'm here with my girl too, or like, I'm not here with my girl. Who gives a shit? Rock on. Love that. It's just I love fostering chaotic energy. That's very much my shit. But uh, it is not for everybody. Well, this goes back to one of the interview questions that we had written down, which is, you know, how would you describe, how does this tie into your mission, right? That chaotic energy, you just, that's your vibe, you're vibing. How does that, if you had to to communicate what your mission was, what is so it? So look, I'll be clear. Like this was probably, this is a once in every six months level rager that I went on for the last 38 hours. Um, this is not shit that you can sustainably do. But the answer is that I work very hard. I have an extremely distinguished career and I'm a motherfucker who can be polite. And I have a lot of polite society friends and I get along just fine there and it makes me good money. And I also want to be this guy. And when I am this guy, I've got a group of friends and you know what? They're good dudes. They're going places in life. We lift each other up. Uh, they're all slayers. It's hilarious to go out with these dudes. Like, it's just so much fun. It's so much fucking fun because I am in a group of dudes who have it figured out. Mm-hmm. So. That's really hard to find. You're, it you're lucky is, in that man. Scene. It is. Yeah. It really is. And the isolation is just getting more extreme. And I yeah. don't, I don't know, like this goes back to, and I was, I was actually kind of stressing out about you guys asking me and it's like, well, how did you in Vaz end up meeting? And I'm like, that's actually a really complicated question that comes down to real recognizes real. Mm-hmm. And we just recognize it in each other. And I was like, Hey bitch, like come to my house. And he's like, all right. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know how I did that. Yeah. 
But yeah. you know what? We're friends. Good. Uh, yeah, it's, you should just ask people. Like, tr- just, I don't know. Just try to be cool. Like, sure. be interesting. You want some? You want to pick someone's brain? Ask a fucking interesting question and make it about them. Mm-hmm. So you wrote an interesting thing right here that I think a lot of guys don't quite grok. So we know that women have a, a pluralistic mating strategy. They go for the alphas to get knocked up. They go for the betas to help provide for them. You wrote that biology, it, it, you know, uh, what do you call it? TRP is biology. Only the truth matters. And then one of your uh, your bylines here is that, uh, where's it at? Men are therefore also pursuing a dualistic mating strategy. Mm-hmm. A, for the pumps and dumps. B, for the commits. Yeah. Oh, my I God. Like I love this one. I actually did some scientific work on this one. So mm-hmm. one of my favorite criticisms of the red pill is it's all Evo bro science, bro. And I was like, that's actually wrong. And let's get down to the specifics of why. And I will summarize this post. You should read it anyway. But it basically comes down to what does it mean to express male sexuality? And what does it mean to express female sexuality in all species, as far as we can tell in nature, that present as male and present as females? And it comes down to gametes. Gametes are, your sperm are gametes. A woman's eggs are gametes. It's the things that come together in sexual reproduction to form a zygote. And that zygote becomes an embryo and that embryo becomes a fetus. So the way to understand what I'm getting at is to understand the fundamental aspect of like what makes sexual expression male? What makes a male gamete? And it's mobile. There's a lot of them. And they're kind of just sprayed everywhere indiscriminately. Hmm. Scientifically, that's what's going on there. So when you think about this in evolutionary terms, the female is likewise more vulnerable, more defensive. And what's where we break into how does that work into the human dynamic is where the science gets utterly fascinating. And I title this section titties because that's what it's about. Who doesn't like titties? I love titties. I like ass. I'm kind of indiscriminate. Um, But if I'm being totally honest, titties win the fight. If it was a fight, titties would win. Um, But anyway, of 5,000 plus species of mammals, uh, only human women have permanently enlarged breasts, which is a fertility signal. Hmm. Meaning in most other animals, when the woman, when the female is ovulating, you can tell. In human females, It's the only mammal that we know of and broadly the only evolutionarily equipped thing that presents as if it's always fertile Mm -hmm. and has no otherwise outward indication of whether it, of whether it is or it is not. Hmm. So there's, there's just the basic biology behind it and what makes humans special. So then we break into polygyny which is a one man siring multiple offspring with different women. So nobody disagrees. There's not a scientist in the world who is accredited biologist who thinks that that was not human beings mating strategy from the dawn of man up until relatively recently. So we'll call this the A strategy, a man who can find multiple women to bear his offspring without needing to invest resources in the kid. He's, maximu- ma- he's maximized his evolutionary success. We'll call that the A strategy. Yeah, let's just um, pause for a second there. That's super controversial to say that that's still relevant nowadays. And I agree, it is. It's, I think it's incredibly relevant, but it's very challenging for people to accept that. When well, born. and this is what the post is all about. It's, it's about tying that into how does that fit into the modern world? 
So again, game is amoral, so it doesn't really, in my opinion, it doesn't matter. Well, going to do what they want to do. Here was the science, though. If you right. ask a man to imagine a woman that's hot, and then you ask him to imagine a woman that's beautiful, they have figured out what region of the brain triggers the A strategy in males, which is the low investment sire lots of offspring. Mm-hmm. And what triggers the B strategy? And it turns out that women presenting as hot actually trigger that A strategy. They trigger it triggers the men into triggering. Like they literally, like if you think about the way the whole makeup industry and everything works, like it's to it's for women to present as hot. It's not to present right. as beautiful. It's to present as hot. And what the evolutionary biology says is that that actually triggers the a strategy in men and this is how i wrap it all together if you think about how all that biology works then men are therefore also pursuing a dualistic hiding strategy a pumps and dumps b commits we call that alpha and beta holy shit it actually does agree with the science Hmm. interesting i do find that what uh what triggers hotness for a lot of women as perceived by men this is really interesting. You can go look up the percentage of skin shown when women ovulate, when they dress up to their maximum and they really peak out their attractiveness. They're showing a lot more skin than they normally would. I'll bet you there's something to that. I don't know per se what the percentage was going to be for hot versus beautiful, but we do know for a fact that when women are ovulating, when they're trying to signal, hey, come fuck me, it's that certain percentage. I think it's 40 or 60%. So you had to look it up what the actual numbers were, but it's it's really interesting that you can put numbers to attractiveness, to signals of fertility, the 0.7 hip to waist ratio, things like this that men have cross-culturally throughout time found attractive. It's really interesting stuff. Yeah, so at this point, I really try and tie it into the zeitgeist. So it, it's not yeah. up for debate that casual sex is being sold to everybody. It, it just is. Mm. Like You'd have to be a moron to believe otherwise, and that's fine. You shouldn't be mad about it. But that means that the two evolutionary factors that we were describing are now completely flipped. Sex is no longer risky from a reproductive sense, and the culture is fine. They're encouraging women that they're now free to fuck strangers. So I then asked the question of, well, what's, what's the culture trying to do? And um, Brett Weinstein and, and Heather Hyding do a much better job at explaining all the nuances of it. But Essentially, their theory is that the culture is going for the price of absolute safety. So like the believe all women system, if you create if you create the believe all women system, you actually created a perverse incentive for sociopathic behavior. If you think about that, that guy like Garrison Keillor, who lost a show because he gave a woman a hug and then she read about me, too, and was like, oh, my God. Now I realize what you did. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. Oh, it's a great one. Wow. And by no means should these guys, because I call dudes fags all the time for getting obsessed with red pill rage porn. That's the dumbest thing you could consume. Because trust Mm -hmm. me, there's a lot of dumb shit out there. Yeah, there's people doing dumb, incorrigible shit. Oh my God, human beings. Go watch Jerry Springer. But look, if you're here on the red pill, it's about uncompromising and tolerant rejection of that matrix bullshit. So, you know, you just... Like, I have a really simple position, which is like this liberalism, like, and I don't mean this in the American Democrats way. I'm using liberals, liberalism in the philosophical sense. Like, once you debunk something, it's now wrong. 
And if, if suddenly we start operating the science of this whole thing by majority consensus, like the computer would have never been created. We would never be having this discussion right now. So when you think about what all that, what, what this uncompromising rejection of the matrix is all about, like you have to ask yourself some fundamental questions. And it seems that there are mating strategies that are very much based in biology. And understanding that will give you more freedom. Yeah, it's just, it, it, it sounds like it relates to this debate I had with a buddy of mine whose philosophy of civilization is that, and, and I'm, I'm by no means a political science expert. And, and uh, I, I always kind of, harken back to the more practical side of things. And, and my experience with the red pill is more personal, but sometimes you get into these conversations and, and my buddy had made the point of, you know, civilization, the nature of it is to overcome our baser instincts. That was his philosophy. Uh, and I argued that actually, I, I think civilization is a way for us to actually perpetuate the natural law. Um, and, and, and just a, a fundamental difference there of what you're seeing, what we call civilization is actually just a more watered down palatable version of kind of our, our baser instincts and the way that the natural law has been for a very long time. Uh, hmm. Am I, am I, am I hitting on the thing that you're talking about here in terms of the anti-collectivism, anti-liberalism of your, you know, absolute safety is an illusion. It's, it's not realistic. Well, this ties into what we talk about on the, uh, the Red Pill Women show every now and then is that what, became what we consider to be traditional became traditional because it's what fucking worked. Otherwise it would have been a whole nother set of structures that would have become the default, uh, the de facto standard. What we see as traditionalism and, and all as far as civilization and relationships and the way things used to work, it, it kind of, it, we arrived at those norms because of the results, you know, mother nature is not a feminist. All right. What works yeah. is what is going to be. It's it's the uh, necessity is the invention. Oh, how's that saying go? The mother necessity invention. is the mother of invention. Yeah. There you go. Same idea. So to go back to the original point, your boys were making a very Rousseau argument. Rousseau is in his book, The Social Contract, which was published in 1762. So Rousseau was the guy who came up with the idea that nature is a primitive condition without law or morality. Okay. We start there. It's nasty. It's brutish. Holy shit. As society develops, you know, there's this natural competition between the division of labor and private property. Yeah. And that's what creates the institution of laws. And, you know, these are the guys who are inspiring the founders. They all read this shit. Mm -hmm. If you're in America, this is more important. But then, you know, Rousseau says, look, and there's this degenerate phase of, of society where man is in this endless competition with his fellow men while also becoming increasingly dependent on them. And that creates like a, everyone's survival and freedom becomes in question at the point. And then Rousseau is the one who came up with the idea of the social contract, which is if you can give up some of those quote unquote natural rights, there's actually this, you know, this, there actually is a general will out there and submission to the authority of the general will, as long as it's good and it's just, will collectively find the balance between this competition that's inherent in men. Yeah. So to those guys, I'm like, okay, fine. If you must, I think that that institution is now dead. Good luck. I am on my own shit now. Come join my crazy cult. We have a lot more fun. Yeah. Like I'm so, and, and I'm all for the guys who are about being traditional conservatives. Like good for you. I think you no. are losing. 
That is a hard fight. It's super interesting because it never has that been more evident than like right now, right? Of, you know, Joe and I have talked about this a little bit of, you know, the current global pandemic quarantine situation is really underpinning the, hey, there's no, there's not as much of a social contract as you thought there was. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like, there's a lot of people invested in pretending there is while going and violating it. And you can be that sucker not catching up to it because the Pareto principle People love to say that's like, well, there's 20% of the chads and they get all the women. No, 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 no. It means that of the casual sex dating market, there is a disproportionate share going to those dudes who are out there violating the social contract. Like I'm out there fucking your girlfriend and I don't care about it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that I went out and sought a girl in a relationship, but it means that I don't care if she is. If she's down and she can shut her mouth and she's a good fuck, then okay, fine. I don't actively seek to be that guy, but I'm fine with being him. Yeah. This yeah, you're, you're going to go out, Mr. Steal Your Girl. Yeah. You're going to go out there and do it. And like, it's a really, like when you're you guys, like, I don't know what to tell you because I'm on the total psycho other end of that equation, but I, it's also super fucking red pill if I'm being candid. Yeah, no, you, uh, no, it's it is. like, how far do you want to take it? <laughs> you, I think you I'm probably out. one of the most extreme guys out. For really you red, would... have you ever talked to that guy? Not yes. Yet. Yeah, I have not. Well, back and forth. I'll, let me tell you the super short. I'm one of the few people who's talked to this guy live, and he's my favorite, and he disappeared for good reasons, but I'll, he'll be back soon. Here's for really red story. He's married to this girl. He's making a fuckload of money. Like, I'm driving a fucking Ferrari, and I have four ATVs in my garage kind of money. Nice. This drunk bitch on her third DOI, he's on his motorcycle doing 70 on the freeway. This drunk bitch plows into him at a stop sign as he's getting off the freeway. Like they're coming to complete, destroys his body, has like limited chance of recovery, can't work. That lifestyle out the window. Immediately. Watches his girl pretend to stick around for that two months. I can't just leave this poor motherfucker who just got completely destroyed in this accident. Then out of some kind of crazy sheer force of will, puts himself back together, gets his job back, gets his career back, gets a promotion, starts making the money again. And she comes crawling back to him. And you know what he says? Sure. You're my, you're my bitch now. We have an, a one-way open relationship and I own your soul. And then proceeds to become a fixture in the BDSM community and is now like a very well-regarded dom. In a large portion of the United States, a lot of dudes, a lot of people who are in this, a lot of girls who are in the scene want this guy to be his daddy. Hmm. So I'm saying like, that's red pill too, but like that's on the spectrum of like your red pill doing that traditional guy shit. And I want there to be good dads out there, but there's also dudes like me out there. And I don't know, I can't tell these kids which one they want to be. And they're both perfectly fine. And you can be a totally self-actualized, very masculine man. You don't have to be the fucking maniac that me and Farrelly Red are out there. Like, you don't have to be that guy. That's actually not fun for a lot of people. No, and I, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself that guy at all. But yeah, there's, and like, there's room for that guy, right? That's where the really interesting discussion, and like, I can get into it more with guys like you who already have done all the work. Like, that's where I actually think the really fascinating discussion is like, I don't know, do, do, do you want to save civilization? Because I want to profit off its, I don't give a shit. No, there's a look, there's a different balance for everybody versus, you know, save the world. And then this personal kind of um, 
ambition that you've got. And, and I mean, while I'll, I'll say that like leadership's my mission, how does that manifest itself? Like, yeah, I want to be a good dad. I want, I want to take care of my, you know, raise my kids, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what that means for my career, what that means for, you know, doing this, getting on a YouTube channel, talking to younger guys that aren't, you know, in my place or in your place or in Joe's place, it's so difficult for people in life to figure out what they want. They're, that mission is the hardest thing you can do. And so when you, when you talk about like Fairly Red story, your story, or, you know, what the stuff that you get into, like this weekend, for example, some guys might hear that and go, you know what, that's amazing. I want that. Mm-hmm. And it's just not that simple. The guys that really are successful are the ones that have, you know, this, this, maybe it's not a defining red pill moment, but they, they wake up and realize like, I can't just buy the stuff that I've been told and, and expect to get to a sense of happiness, a sense of like building my own personal power and, and self-confidence and self-respect. I got to go figure out what that is for myself and chart my own path. And I think that that's the common thread between all of the guys that I see on the red pill that are doing it successfully and getting the results that they want out of it. So, and so to kind of follow up on what you were saying earlier before, when you chase after women, it's, I was just looking at the old blog post from whenever I uh, came up with uh, brain swinging. And it was actually in response to something that somebody else had already said. So you can't steal a girl as ballsy as it sounds. She makes up her mind to go with the higher value man or whoever makes her, gives her, gives her the, uh, the tingles, Facts. uh, make girls happy. That's your job. So the idea is all you're doing is you're presenting yourself to women, whether they're in a relationship or not, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's up to you to make the determination of what is off limits. But in a general sense, it's just you throw, you spit the game and whether they're on board with it or not, that's on them. Mm -hmm. So this is why this is kind of what we all collectively call, uh, you know, it's just your turn. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think that that goes, it it speaks to kind of the the part that you were talking about, which is the fascinating part about like guys that have done the work and understand the underpinnings. When you talk about that idea of what exactly you want, right? Like, why did I get married? Why would I take that out of my toolbox of like, I can't go sleep with other women without breaking the construct of my marriage? Like, okay, like I entered into that contract, but the simple fact is, uh, that's that's a saying that I use a lot actually, but uh, I was talking to one of the other guys on Red Pill about this and it, it comes down to how many tools do you need in your toolbox, hmm. right? Like, do do I need that in my toolbox to be, to get what I want to be self-actualized. And the answer for me is I don't, I really don't. I don't need that in my toolbox of like, I don't need my wife to see me out sleeping with other women or know that I'm out sleeping with other women to be able to go, you know, do the things that I need to go do. And I want to be clear that I talk to a lot of guys and they're like, Hey, I've read some pretty wild shit here, but like, actually I just want a decent wife and a couple of kids. Like how the fuck do I do that now? And I'm like, that's a very good question. Good luck. Maybe not ask yeah. a guy that's out, out, you know. Well, not- but I'll be honest with these kids. I'll say, okay, sort of here are your options. I can give you the most extreme fantasy version of the lifestyle that I do, in fact, actually live. Mm-hmm. And they'll still be like, no, actually, I want the wife and like two kids. And I'm like, dope. Okay, great. That actually really helps me a lot to give them yeah. the type of advice that they need. Then I point them to stuff like human sock puppets, how to train your bitches. Like, here's how you understand how to promote a girl like here's what you identify that promoting worthy behavior because you're you're not looking to be in a relationship but you're not going to miss the signals of a decent girl and look guys there are decent girls out there it doesn't mean they're unicorns you train 
You want a unicorn, you gotta train that shit. First, you have to find it and capture it. If you do find one, let me know. I'll prove you wrong. But like, really, like the girl you want, you gotta make her. Like you really do. You're not gonna find these complete women out there. Like I don't, I don't, nope. I don't just find these crazy kinky women. Like I make them. Yeah, the right woman will find you. The thing is, like, like if you, if you are that guy, if you are that guy, a woman will make changes in her life to be the the type of woman you want. Right. Yeah, and like whole, if you're out there being a good, like a quote unquote good dude and you live your life by like high moralistic standards and you are that guy and you have done the work to also like look good and have something interesting going on with your life and be funny, just like be an interesting dude. Yeah. The type of girl who will sign up for that and be like, yes, I will be your wife and I will have your kids and I won't be a huge bitch about it, as, but I'll test you occasionally. If you can sign up for that dynamic, then by all means, man. You can still do that and be red pill. Like you don't have to be Alpha Pussy Slayer nine thousand. <laughs> like, like you don't have to be that guy. Like yeah. honestly, being that guy, you have to be a fucking maniac like me and some of my friends. Like we talked about this in the first or second episode of Red Pill University. You've got to understand what your own internal drives and goals are. What do you yeah. want out of this community? So, I always tell guys: take a weekend, lock yourself in a, uh, uh, a hotel room, get rid of the TV, take a pen and a notepad. And reflect on what is really important to you at this point in life. What are your goals? And then small chunk your progress from there. Because if you don't have uh, an idea of where you're going in life and what you want and what your value system is, none of this, none of the advice we give you is going to matter. The other successful piece of advice is exactly what we talked about earlier, which is if you're not sure of whether something's what you want or not, do it. You'll find out. Yeah, you'll Just find out so fast. But own your shit, right? You got to be willing no, no, to uh, to take 100%. on the consequences too. That is yeah. your decision. Make it your decision to own that decision and go, you know what? Yeah. This isn't what I wanted. It's my fault. I got yeah. myself into this. I if love you writing that You nuke a uh, relationship. Be ready for oh, the man. potential fallout. I love breaking down cheating for dudes. I'm like, let's just break down what's really going on here. There's like four ways you, this can go down. One is you go straight up, sneak some pussy and see if you can get away with it. And that's a perfectly valid strategy, bro. Number two is you sneak some pussy and then you go confess later because you're guilty. That's really suboptimal. She's probably going to be really fucking pissed at you. And you're probably going to be fighting about that for the rest of your life mm. when she yeah. wants to fight you about it. If you want to go and confess to it. Uh, number three, try and open up the relationship. That's a big fucking can of worms. Yeah. Good luck with that. Why don't you just dump that bitch and be like, sorry, we're just friends with benefits now. Yeah, do uh, and then number four is you just peace you out because yeah. you don't cheat because your moral standards don't jive with cheating. But like pick one and stick to it. And I can tell yeah. you that there are, in fact, sexually, sexual strategy wise, there are some strict superiors there. And that does not mean you want to do them. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're if you're one of these guys that is thinking about putting a ring on it or you're engaged, you're about to get married and you have this existential crisis of like, I don't know. What I, I don't I don't know if I'm the ready to get locked down type thing. Then you need to reevaluate your priorities in life for sure. I mean, if you're a, a married person and you're thinking like, God, I I I'm not getting what I want out of my marriage. Like, what you need to understand is you put yourself in that situation. Like, you chose not to have options. You can't blame anybody else, right? You got to own that decision. And if that's not what you want, the right thing to do is. And not enough married guys do this, but if you if if that is so important to you that you want other sexual options out there, have that conversation with her. 
right? And say, this is what I want. I, I got to go, I got to go chase this. What does that look like for you? I tell some dude, and, and I'll be honest, I go the actual strong opposite direction the first time. Like, if you really think you want to go out there and get some strange, go out and try and get some strange. Hmm. Like, go out and fucking do it. Because chances are, you actually can't do it. Go out and yeah. try and be on your bitch. I bet you can't. I bet you can't. It's oh, the whole, uh, what do you call it, the, really the hall pass kind of f- fiasco. I'm yeah. like, bro, yeah, go out and try. Yeah. Like, I'm not as easy as that shit. Think. Go out and try and fuck some slut. Like, go out and try that. I bet <laughs> you actually aren't that fucking guy. Everybody's a legend in their own mind, right? Yeah, like, I bet you're not that guy. Like, I bet you, you are not the dude who can walk into a club in fucking Miami at 2 in the morning and be like, I can find someone, and I'm going to make this work. I don't think you're that guy. I think there's some weird fantasy you've concocted in your head where there's an imaginary version of you that does that in some imaginary fantasy land, and you need to figure out what the root cause of that bizarre dream is. Everybody that will solve you a lot more problems than do I need to fuck outside my relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we added well, you don't have a not having sex in your relationship problem. You have an ego problem. You've yeah. got some fucked up shit going on in your head, brother. All right. So uh, we have got about 30 minutes left. I wanted to kind of shape the uh, steer the conversation back towards uh, we have two topics to talk about. Okay. Uh, one is the supply and demand in the age of new media and the oh, this your, is your old media. one. It is. I did my homework, man. Yeah. Uh, so there's uh, the key phrase in that was. The advent of social media has made you the person, both supplier and demand force in the new media economy. What do you mean by the new media economy? Oh, man, this was back when I was still on fucking Instagram. I remember this post. This was a great fucking post. Okay, so the the purpose of this post is to explain to these guys why you're why you are fucking up on social media, because they already thought of that. And what they already thought of it means that. And when you think about the old system, it's like you, you men are putting in kind of this broad economic surplus. And then each of the separate self-interests, like women wanted babies and men wanted pussy, that they kind of solved and they found this happy equilibrium. But um, in the new media economy, which generally manifests itself in social media, the roles of that supplier and demand force in an economic sense have been blended for the owner of that platform. So meaning that like, because attention itself is heavily demanded and readily supplied by the same entity, which is the quote unquote users, you have this whole new system where there's a bunch of value and attention seekers, and there's an increasingly smaller portion of the economy capturing that interest. So this really funny, and you have to understand economics. I wrote this post a little too heady for people who didn't understand like. The way that supply and demand works is if you flood one side of the equilibrium, something has to give on the other end. So what happens is that when you essentially have, this is, it's, it's, let me break this down because this post is old and my God, this is pulling some cobwebs of theory. Basically, as you think about life as high school, where there's like a couple of cool people and there's everybody imagining themselves as the cool people and trying to be cool, that's social media, except those people who are the cool people that are selling you images and doing things like the girls selling their ass photos or whatever, like they're that small piece of the economy hoovering up all that attention. And you, the bottom 80% are just stuck in this negative feedback loop. Hmm. 
So like if you sell bananas, but you get paid in bananas, that system is all fucked up because that whole transaction nets to zero. But if you really like bananas and you eat all the bananas that you get paid in, you're not getting shit either way. And let me take this, this back to reality because I promise it does go somewhere because I know you're like, where the fuck is he going with this? <laughs> and, and the, the, 10 bananas. No, yeah. You're like, okay, I was like, I had five bananas and then I ate them. Do I shit afterwards? Do I get a but, banana opener out of this? What's going to happen here? Yeah. But I'm, banana I'm thinking, closer. Yeah. Yeah. Like you need to learn to think for yourself and question the narrative and make sure that what you're doing, you're doing it for you. Okay. So when you enter that attention seeking cycle in any new media, I don't care if it's Reddit, you're fishing for upvotes, Instagram, you want to post your ass because you, you post your ass with a puppy and you get a bunch of likes. You're in that same attention seeking economy and you're performing for others approval. This, and I, I actually bring this back. I'm like, and I help hate outrage content. I'm like, when you on Turk consume outrage comment, look at this fucking bitch on plenty of fish. Who's got three kids saying they have to be six feet tall. You're getting back into that user cycle. You are a lowly user. You are spending hours a week doing something. Like, why are you, ask yourself, why am I creating demand for this? Like, if you want to get mad about girls posting ass pictures on Instagram, you should just delete Instagram. The only yeah, way to win to, is not so, to play. That's it. The only, it. Well, or to to do what we're doing and just put content out there for, and do it for yourself, right? Do it for the things that you want to do. Well, that's yeah, and I close the post. I'm just like, how? Because I, I always tried to bring my earlier post back to how does this get me laid? I'm like, easy. You won't get laid sitting around reading about other people's fucked up lives. Yep. Mm -hmm. And getting mad about it. Like there's, <laughs> you will get laid by becoming a better dude and breaking out of that attention feedback loop, like breaking that ego validation cycle. Now, where this could be yeah. a use for how does this help me get laid? If you are in that top five, 10% of Instagrammers or YouTubers or whatever, you have a social media presence where the net gives you status and uh, social proof. That is yeah, a good way to get about New York. That is a tool you can use. Yeah, you're Joe? back from uh, your Puerto Rican buddy. Oh, my joke. He kills Instagram. But so, yeah, he that's, puts, that's one he way to understand it. He understands the yeah. game. He yeah. understands right. that you have to have your outfit on point and you have to have a funny caption and the filter's got to be right. He does all those things correctly every single time. And but I would so imagine are not it. willing to put in the work to make that happen. That's the sad yeah, reality. I'm going to venture to guess. I don't know your friend. I'm going to venture to guess that a guy like that, if you if you made him take his phone and, and go offline for a week, he would still have that same personality and that ability to, to actually, you know, that outward game, right, that you talk about. He would still and have that mentality of just doesn't give I, a I wish I could talk as New Yorican as this motherfucker is, he'd be like, yeah, I'd probably miss some, some good pictures that I was going to take on my phone, but not a lot would change. Yeah. yeah. All right. And that, and that's the reality is if you're, if your inner game is so strong that your Instagram can be reflective of that, then it, you know, if you're, you're, you're not, you're not in that receiver curated out there. It is a useful tool, but again, you're probably not that dude. Yeah. If you're curious whether you are or not, you're not. Go try because it turns out it's a lot of work and you're probably no good at it. And you're just not that fucking interesting to begin with. Like, why even play that game? My boys, my buddy like John, he's going to be getting all the likes. No one gives a fuck about your shit. So you're Don't give a fuck about your grainy mirror selfies. This dude's on a boat <laughs> looking fresh. Yeah. So you're so, telling me my uh, marketing degree is useless. Great. The, uh, the Italian playboy, Vachi is his last name. Man, like what you're describing is kind of the same style of lifestyle that he has. 
And he got in trouble with a lot of feminists because he was uh, he had a bunch of hot 18 to 24-year-old women. The guy himself is like 53 or 55. Is he the super tatted up, super roided out Italian dude? Oh, not, that not roided dude? out, but he's he's John skinny. Lukowacki? Yeah, that dude, that's that dude's fucking hilarious. Dude, if you think I that love guy's it. not on gear, he's I want to sell you some fucking gear. You are an idiot. And he's that's fine. That's, well, that's fine. fine, but he's one of the best. Bro, uh, but he's got it. If you're gonna, if you're yeah. gonna do gear and you have that physique, like fuck yeah, at fifty something, like yeah, have money, go fuck mm-hmm. hot bitches on a yacht and post videos of you slapping their asses that's and the see one. how angry yeah. it makes everybody. Love that mm-hmm. dude. That's yeah. I always that's use awesome. him as an example of what guys can strive for by building up their status and social their social proof and all that. Look, when you're younger, your 20s, your 30s, maybe on into your 40s, when the because men hit the wall too. At some point, your lifestyle has got to support your goals. And if it's men not, yeah, one guy's hit the wall, so to speak. It's the whole uh, like Vachi, uh, Hugh Hefner, all these different people who Dan have Bilzerian, had. Yeah. What's that? Dan Bilzerian. I don't know who that is, but okay. So the idea is when you're 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years old, What's going to give you access to that lifestyle, to the high quality women that you are still attracted to? Because cross-culturally throughout age, most men are attracted to women in that 20 to 22 age range. doesn't matter if the guys themselves are 20, 22, 30 to 32, 60, 80, 90, 100. Their eyes still track to those women in that age group. So if that's what you're attracted to and that's what you want to get with, how do you do that later in life? You have the lifestyle, you have the status. That's how you arrive at that. Because Otherwise, there's no you're going to be locked out. If you Hefner was some broke dude uh, living in an old folks' home, he would not be having playmates having six ways with him for his birthday. Just the reality of the situation. Yeah, and you know the other thing that I tell people is like, just see it as the mountaintop. Like, you don't have to climb that particular mountain. Just be happy that you get to see that mountaintop. Like, that's actually a nice thing to reflect on. I was actually having a good conversation with my boys around like 11 o'clock last night before I kicked everybody out. Hmm. And one of the guys was like, yo, like what if somebody really, we've got a friend who's an entrepreneur and you know, through this COVID stuff, he's made a couple of intelligent pivots and he was poised to start, you know, bringing in millions of dollars. He was at the table with the big boys doing import export deals, kids, you know, late twenties, very exciting time. And then they just shut off all the exports. And then that business drives up. And he was talking to me about it. And he was like, so the way listening to this guy talk about it was fucking exciting because I got to see him growing up. He's like, I was at the table with the big boys. I lost the deal. That's fine. I'm going to have another one. And I was like, dude, if you hit that deal and then you start making all of us look poor, I'm going to come chasing right after your ass. Yep. You got to have guys who are a little bit higher. What do you call it? The, uh, we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Ideally, yep. the people that you are spending time with, you're the low man on the totem pole. So this way you average up to their level. That's the kind of the, uh, the idea in that sense. So yeah, you definitely want to have mentors in your community or who you surround yourself with, who you can strive to be better, for lack of a better word. They're going to make you better by being in your social circle. That's, yeah, that's the way Con- to do it. It's, it's Kanye West saying of, I don't take advice from people less successful than me. Thank you. That's well, good advice. It's very yeah. good advice. That's great advice. Um, so yeah, one la- time for one last, uh, uh, I guess, kind of reference. This was the uh, the handy guide to killing your bad habits. I um, love that's, how. Uh, did I write that on one of the Myers Briggs forums? 
I know. No, I, oh, yeah, I ENTJ. Yeah, yeah. I didn't thing, catch yeah. that. Sorry. Oh, yeah. So this was actually a really stealthy way to recruit for the red pill. I would write these occasionally, and then I delete them afterwards because I get a bunch of PMs oh. being like, holy shit, this is so much more interesting than all the faggy bullshit that people write around here. And I'm like, yeah, you should come check out the red pill. Yeah, yeah basically, look, like, you that's, think that's interesting. <laughs> I, I used to write these posts all the time, and I've deleted so many of them. Because I, I went through a phase where I was just like, I just want to guerrilla warfare some red pill subscribers. Well, this I've had a lot of different fun with my posting career. Like, if you guys are taking this seriously, you need some hobbies. You, I have had some real fucking fun making these dumbass posts, and some of them are very useful. But like, this, this one is day, legit. We're posted on the internet. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let me go ahead and just summarize it. So annoyance is our most common negative emotion, and is the result of mismanaging our expectations of others. Okay. So you solve the annoyance by changing your expectations, fostering inter internal acceptance, or taking charge. This is where I see a lot of guys go wrong. They get pissed off at women. They get butthurt. They get that anger phase because they have this romanticized uh, idea of what relationships and women should be. Yeah. When all you got to do is accept them for what they are. They're people just like everybody else. And kind of break out of the mold in that sense of how you are perceiving others. So you got to reframe your own perception it goes back to changing the expectations. I, I really liked it. Okay, yeah. So I specifically wrote this for the ENTJ personality type, which I think marks to, I don't know, like the type A and whatever other faggy bullet. Just read Freud like and Young, like go to the source. But like, let me just break it down. So this, this personality type is often like kind of a bulldozer. They're a relatively rare personality type. It's whatever I'm closest to. It's just a coincidence. But... Um, I actually think you did highlight an important universal lesson in there. So one of the things that this particular personality type, they tend to resemble narcs, narcissistic personality or cluster B. Right. Um, it's that when you get really good at this red pill sense of like grasping onto things and it's amoral and you want to see things for how they actually are, um, you need to enter into a level of moral disengagement about it. So like if your girlfriend never organizes the fridge properly and that's like your shit you get like trying to teach them to be better is a stupid is some stupid shit is some stupid shit you just accept that that bitch is never going to get the fridge right and you'd be like the fridge is mine now hmm. and hmm. i've there are so many of these interpersonal battles that i see people fight over like trying to make somebody reach their expectation level like I hold my health self to a really high standard of cleanliness. Some of the girls that I date don't, but I just keep on keeping on with my clean ass self. All right. And some of them I'll be like, Hey, could you vacuum? Like, but I know I'll figure out really quick of them. Like some of them are like, Oh my God. Yeah. I'm a psycho cleaner too. And then they actually are great. That's wonderful that you rise to my standard, but for those dirty sloppy bitches, I'm just like, nah, you would just fuck it up. The corners are going to be dusty. All right. So uh, I, I, I dig it. So we got time for a few more things. I want to go ahead and rapid fire like three little, uh, just a couple of questions to you as we, uh, we wrap this up. Okay. All right. So uh, what was your favorite approach of all time? Oh my God. Holy fuck. I think it was the side bitch. So okay. this, my current main side bitch, I started a bar. I was on the phone with a client. We started making like googly eyes at each other. I promptly forget about this and hang up the phone and completely forget she existed. 
and I'm going to the bar, I'm making friends, I'm doing my thing. And I turn to the left and I see that she's leaving with her friend. I'm like, I put my finger up in the air and I say, hold that thought. And then I run over to her and I'm like, hey, we were making googly eyes at each other. Give me your number. And her, this, her white bitch post-wall friend is like, I don't like this guy. He's being way too forward. And she looks at her and this is why she's my bitch. I love this girl. She's like, oh no, I like that. It does it for me. Guys don't do this anymore. And then she just gives me her number. Just says it right on the spot. And I'm like, there you go. thank you. We're going to be friends. And her, her bitch friend is just giving me the nastiest look. And I'm just like, I wink at her and I just peace yeah. out. All right. Uh, next question. Your most memorable failure that led to success. <sighs> There's this time I think back to, and like, I know you guys have one of these too. I remember it was like the first day of high school. And <laughs> I'm sitting at this table eating pizza by myself and these three like decent looking girls sit with me and they just ask me about like what's going on with my life, like trying to be friendly. And I'm like, the first thing that comes out of my mouth is I have a girlfriend and they're all just like, what? And this moment really stuck with me because it's obviously some dumb teenage shit you do, but it's like, bro, you had three cute girls talking to you and your first thought was I have a girlfriend because you were too afraid of what was going on. Like That's funny. you should accept that there was something interesting enough about you yep. that that happened to you and you should have just rolled with it. And I try to never be that guy again. That moment really sticks with me. I got to be honest. That's amazing. Right. Uh, favorite thing to eat whenever you guys go out to eat. Oh God. If you made me pick one thing, I would have terrible taste in restaurants, but like if you're really going to corner me into it, a good steak, with some Bernays sauce All right. and not that filet shit. Like give me the skirt, give me the hanger, give me something interesting to chew on with a dank sauce. I, I, I do love a good ribeye. Can't go yeah. wrong with that. And finally, what is your number one thing guys should know or take away from any of this who are in the 25 to 34 age range? I'm trying not to give cliche answers, but some of them are just so fucking right. It's brutal. Just don't get married. Like, really? <laughs> like, start there. Just start with I'm never getting married and try and prove yourself wrong. Like, just Love it. start with I'm never getting married and see if you can prove yourself wrong. But, like, start there. All right. Uh, <laughs> this has been great. Mike, do you have any uh, final thoughts? No, man. Really appreciate the time. Uh, I love the the stuff that we covered. And uh, we'd love to have you back on the show sometime for sure. Yeah. And then is, written, uh, is there uh, is there anywhere we can find you? Is there anything you've got going on that you want to kind of show for? And this is, is yeah. this your next, like, take 10 minutes. Pimp us out, man. What do you got? Do you guys know Omlala? Yes, I've reached out to him. I'm trying to get him on the show just like this. Yeah, well, I got the line on that motherfucker. So I got some, I got some stuff coming because me and him had a very fun call. Oh really? And we are we are going to be All dropping right. some dark shit on you guys. All right. Very soon, it's going to be great. I, I would love to throw it up on the. Uh, nice. I'd love to host it. Put it that way. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I still got to bullet it out. I had asked a bunch of endorsed right. contributors and just people I respect in the community to send them questions. Everyone's excited about them coming back. Yeah, um, I'd love to get you guys on the show sometime. That'd be it'd be fun. Oh, but dude, if you thought. If when you get two of us psychos on and we just start laying the stuff down, it's gonna get dark. But you're gonna love it. Yeah. But it's gonna I, I love it. We've we've got the structure now. We've got the audience. We've got the framework. We've got the uh, the system. Streamyard. 
Everything's on point. Two completely uncalibrated crazy motherfuckers on your channel. Be my guest, dude. Yeah, I'm all for it. I'll so, try. I'll try yeah. and get them on, bro. Because I don't give all a right. shit. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I would love to see it. Oh awesome. my god, this was fun. Yeah, I'm glad oh, you enjoyed man. it, man. Go get some. Man, you were too, you're too <laughs> smart for being on a come down. I mean, I'm really impressed. Yeah. Really. Um, so when I kicked out of, <laughs> I'm gonna end the show like this, and you better put this part in. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you don't have to put it on edited, but like there's gonna be a couple lines so i kick everybody out of my party at 11 and my love this my girl lily has been around for a long time she gets me the best psychedelics i had dropped two tabs of acid about 40 40 minutes before i had to like get my shit together and kick everyone out of my house and let me just say i will close the show with this electric electronic dance music is terrible and it's for fags but it's also awesome. And the whole EDC Live Las Vegas, which is normally one of those stupid events where you see them performing what appears to be a satanic ritual live on air with a lot of fireworks. Um, I watched the whole thing on a lot of drugs, and you should try it sometimes. I'm still trying to figure out the part with the gay skeletons, and I will lead you. I will leave you with that because I mean that unironically. I'm still trying to figure out the part with the gay skeletons and me and my people are researching this and we will be back to you. And I promise there will be answers and that I don't have them right now. I love that. Just wow. find some way to work that in there. Just make sure the gay skeletons line is in there because, <laughs> oh my God, this is the God's honest truth. And I can't wait to come out of the other side of this with some sleep and explain to you what the fuck I was talking about. Because I'm physically incapable of it right now. And it will be fun. Oh, man. Well, that was phenomenal. I think we're going to close it right there. Thank you again for joining us. If you guys like this kind of content, please.